When you step into Lifetime, you won't just see the difference, you'll feel it. Experience it for yourself. Visit lifetime.life for a complimentary guest pass or stop by a club. Lifetime, the healthy way of life partner for the Minnesota Vikings. What a performance by Dalvin against Pittsburgh to come back, shoulder brace on, questionable going in, no no who's going to play. Dalvin's going to need that same attitude this week, and our goal would be to keep him on the field and wear him out. It's an old-school, tough town, tough type of game, and that's a mentality that you have to have, and Jefferson, I think, brought that last year, and hopefully he'll do it again this Monday night. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, episode 124. I'm Tatum Everett, alongside producer Jane Nelson, Gabe Henderson, under the weather today. He'll be back next week and probably later this week as well for all of our Vikings content. But we're stepping in today to get ready for this big Monday night football game between the Bears and the Vikings. Coming up on the show, we're talking playoffs, Jay. You kidding me? I know. Every single time. I just want to win a game. (laughs) Playoffs? Playoffs. Uh, We'll also have Vikings color analyst and Illinois native Pete Bursich as our guest to get us ready for this contest. But back to Jim Mora and all things playoffs. It's been almost a week since the Vikings last game. So the teams enjoyed a little bit of a mini buy after the Thursday night football win over the Steelers. It improves Minnesota's record to six and seven. And Jay, we are still vying for that playoff berth. We are sitting on the very teetering edge of it. Yes, we are at, (laughs) at the eighth seed at this point. And Every time I see the, the standings, you just see the kind of the log jam there at the very end. And you're man. like, man, this is, you know, the league likes the drama and they like everyone to stay in, involved. And the fact that there are as many teams at this point who are still vying for that kind of sixth and seventh seed, uh, it's about to get real interesting for the next four weeks. Yes, every game matters. And after that Monday Night Football Cardinals loss, there's a new number one team in town and no one's happy to see it. Some people are. <laughs> Some people are. At least, you know, you've got your Packer fans who are in the in the area. But at the same point, there have been a lot of people pointing out last time they had a number one seed, they lost in the playoffs at, uh, at Lambeau. So yep. it's there's I don't think there's any level of angst that will not be met, uh, given the fact that the Packers are the number one seed in the NFC right now. But as we've seen over the last heck, even the last week. All of this stuff is completely fluid and changing every single week. So everyone's going to pay attention. Yeah, especially when you're talking about the NFC West. Yes. And the Cardinals, they fell to third behind the Buccaneers now. And then it's that five, six, seven that you're kind of keeping your eyes on right now. Obviously, eighth is pretty important because you've got a bunch of teams at six and seven, five teams at six and seven, Washington, Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, and Saints. And it's really just going to be a dog-eat-dog kind of world. It's a murderer's row of teams that Vikings fans absolutely despise. So uh, I think it's going to be even more interesting to watch this and see who can kind of hopefully slide into that seventh seed here, given the crazy schedules that are still about to happen. Yeah, you know, you look at the Rams. They're a team that are kind of hot right now. They've kind of refound their identity after having a lull. And so behind them is the 49ers, who, you know, you just wish you could have another chance at that. Yeah, that loss against the 49ers really is kind of putting you in a, in a predicament here because 
not only are they ahead uh, record wise, but then they have that, you know, essentially half game tiebreaker above us. So you're essentially fighting at least two games um, just to try to get them in that last minute uh, win by them last week was was a killer. I was I was really sitting there kind of gritting my teeth going, come on, let's see if they can you know, drop that one in order to help us slide up, but they didn't. So here we are, they're sitting in the sixth seed and we're, we're trying to catch up to get to either six or seven. Yeah. At this point, the seventh seed is where you just yes. want to end up because you look at this row of teams, as you said, uh, Washington and Eagles play each other twice in this next stretch of four games. Um, they play the Eagles this weekend or Washington plays the Eagles this weekend and they are in the middle of that COVID uh, outbreak. And so that's going to be a really interesting development, an interesting matchup to watch as this as the story goes on this week. Washington now has hit double digits for players on that COVID list. And mm. I mean, who knows what's about to happen for not only this week, but next week. And so the fact that just like you were talking about looking at the the schedule with those teams, Philly's got all teams from their division. Washington has all division games as well coming up mm-hmm. for the next month. Um, the difference is, is Philly has three home games and Washington has three road games. So it's going to get really funky for them just to see what happens, yeah. not only between those guys, but with Dallas as well. Dallas has been, you know, kind of on a roll as well lately. And, and um, I just think they're going to really, you know, black and blue beat themselves up here for the next month. Yeah, you're hoping for a little bit of that, like I said, dog-eat-dog kind of mentality. You you, you want a series split with this Washington and um, Eagles twofer coming up. It'd be nice to see, just in general, the fact that they're playing all these division games between both of those teams, just to see them almost like cancel each other out. Just make it a wash, let them go two and two mm-hmm. in both, you know, in, in their games here in the next four games and and hopefully let them slide as, as you hopefully on the Viking side keep winning against these, uh, you know, a couple of what you hope are winnable games and a couple of really difficult ones. So you're going to have to ask for a little bit of help here from some of these other teams. Yeah. Some of those teams include the Saints who are in a five game losing streak and now they get to face good old Tommy on Sunday night football. Tampa Bay is going to be rolling, you know, rolling at home. That's the thing for New Orleans, too, if you really look at it. They're at Tampa, home against Miami, home against Carolina and at Atlanta. So like they don't have to do a ton of traveling, but at the same point, you know, that Tampa game and even that Atlanta game with Atlanta fighting for that seventh seed as well. Um, again, this might be a situation where those two can kind of cancel each other out a little bit, but it's going to be a it's going to be a, an uphill battle, I think, for that New Orleans team. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons showing life after that Panthers victory and the Panthers looking like a shell of their former beginning of the season selves. Christian McCaffrey out for the rest of the season. They play the 49ers, though, this week. That's going to be a big NFC game to watch. Atlanta's pretty much out of the race if they lose this one. So they have a lot to play for this week. And then you've got to think like once they do that, they're going to play, try and play spoilers to the Saints at least. For Atlanta, looking at the at who they got coming up here, three or four on the road at San Francisco, at Detroit, at Buffalo, and mm. then New Orleans. So again, Atlanta, New Orleans trying to cancel each other out. San Francisco trying to stay in that sixth seed. Yep. Atlanta, again, that's that's a rough, rough patch here at San Francisco and at Buffalo. That's a heck of a lot of travel. Yeah, you talk about teams trying to fight for things, and right now the Bears at 4-9, and nine, they could make a run for it at the end of the season. And so the Vikings really, like, this is this is the time. You need to win games in order to get that, because right now you don't necessarily control your destiny. Yeah, the other two teams that are kind of clipping at the heels of all these 6-7 and seven teams are the Panthers, like we had just talked mm-hmm. about, but then the Seahawks. And we all know, I mean, Seahawks have definitely not been 
what they've been in the past, but there's a chance you could see them getting hot here. They're getting a little hot. Yeah, they've won two in a row, and you know they've got the Rams coming up here. So say they get a win against the Rams, yeah, they're right back in contention here, and they've got Russ in that offense. So I mean, who knows? But uh, for me, I'm I'm just going to try and focus on not only Washington, who's tied with us currently, but um, just trying to keep ahead and keep pace behind uh, in front of those other teams that are really chasing at our heels. Well, and I think it's, it's kind of interesting this week too, that we'll have the Monday night football game. So we'll see how everything develops on Saturday and Sunday this week Yep, this and is Thursday, be- but Saturday and Sunday. But this is that time of year where the Saturday games kick in because yeah. the college games are over and Woo-hoo. there's going to be a whole lot of people in fantasy going, wait, I forgot to set my lineup on Saturday. I but never forget. I'm too obsessed. I, I always love the Saturday games. I think people, some people say, we've already got Thursday. We've already got Sunday. We've already got Monday. I'm like, yeah. And no, stick it on another game. every week. That's the thing. As many, <laughs> as many days as possible, especially when it gets to the playoff implications. Sure. Um, that, that Saturday game is, is also going to be one that's going to be fun to watch. So I just, you got to pay attention all week long. You do. Especially I mean, think point. about it this way. The NFL week started over on Tuesday. You only go two days without a game, then Friday, and then you have a game the rest of the weekend. I mean, three days in a week that you don't have a game. That's insane. That's what the NFL wants at this time it. of year. And then I'll once the it. bowl games kick in, you're like, yep, that's the back half. And then we really get to focus on the chaos of, of the playoff picture. So um, for me, I just, I love this time of year. I love everything's coming down, especially when you're relevant. Um, and the fact that we are as, as you know, riding on that edge as much as we are. Um, just makes it so that you really have to focus on not only what we're doing, but then you're mm-hmm. kind of you, the hard part is, is you're not in the Washington spot where you're controlling your destiny. Sure. But at the same point, just the way things are shaping up here with all these different teams, it just feels like, man, you are you are primed to if you handle your own business and, and get at least two of these. But you're looking at, you know, having to snag something either from the Rams or at Green Bay. You're just hoping that, um, you know, if you can get at least three of these pieces here, you're shaping up pretty dang good. And the key to all of that, though, Jay, is a win on Monday night against the Bears. And so to get us ready for this big Monday night football game, who else than Vikings analyst Pete Bursich to fill us in on just this matchup, his his long standing knowledge of the Bears in general from what a kid perspective, a coaching perspective and a player perspective? Yeah, growing up in the the Chicago land area, he was, you know, kind of the Bears kid living through the whole 85 bears uh dynasty with the super bowl shuffle and all that kind of stuff pete definitely knows this stuff so at this point let's jump in with pete bursich on the minnesota vikings podcast pete how you doing this morning great how are you guys we are fabulous we're peach keen good yeah it feels much better after wins you know (laughs) you know it's funny it always does every week is the same it's like groundhog day no matter what but when you hit you know when you win when you win it just Man, it makes it a little better, you know. I know coaching, coaching, made, winning is the only thing that made it worth it. I mean, it was just so I love <laughs> just that. so miserable on a you know on a, on a week when you lose that uh, you know it, it just getting that W makes all the difference in the world. It doesn't matter how you do it; it's just you get the W. And it's I mean that's also such a good point when you think about how long it's been in between games as well. Right. And and you do have a little bit of extra time. And it, you know that matters too. It, it used to, you know, I know when I played um we knew that if we won going into a bye we'd get a little extra time off or if you had a long weekend like this and played on Thanksgiving, 
if you win, you get it. So we, uh, everybody, everybody fought their rear ends off to get that, get that extra day or two of, of, uh, of time off at this time of year. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that's gold. I mean, that's kind of the only currency you have. And again, things have changed. I don't, um, you know, with, with, for a number of things, I don't think that they're, they're sitting in the facility all day long. Like we used to, they just don't have to, or they can't due to COVID or, or for whatever reason. So, and that's another great, great thing about players too. I think is you see these young guys, the rookies, um, they just want to compete and get on the field and play well. And then the older guys, the veteran guys, they're the ones that really should be concerned about winning and leaving some kind of a legacy behind to be able to look back on their career and say, yes, we, you know, made a couple big runs. We won some playoff games. I mean, that's that's what matters. So it just it just depends on where you are in your career too. Speaking of legacy, the the legacy of the Vikings at Chicago has always been kind of a mixed bag, especially in the last twenty years. Um, looking at the stats, I believe uh, Zimmer's three and four at Chicago, seven and seven against them in total. But for me, the the question w- with this is why is Chicago always such a tough place to play for the Vikings? So Soldier Field is. Uh, it's managed and run by the park service. Really. It's, it, they call it a stadium in a park is, is what soldier field is. And, um, I know back in the day, um, when we had Randy Moss and we were a speed type of a team, they would let the grass grow for at least, you know, they wouldn't cut it for two months. You'd go out there and it's ankle deep. They would do things like that, but there's always, it's like, it's always something and that, you know, that they do, but they've always been, um, for the most part of, it's just such a physical team and, and really on defense too. I'm going like with guys like Brian Cox back in the day and then Erlacher and um, all these other players that, um, that, that it was always a physical game. It's always going to be a close game. It's always going to be, um, you know, you're out in the grass, you're outside. It's, it, it, it's, it's a very unique place to play. Um and usually we play them. It seems like we always like to play them here late in the year when it's nice and cold. So that's another added twist, I think, to the game. Um, but yeah, our our, uh, our luck in Chicago hasn't been. Uh, but you know, you look at Green Bay. Green Bay is the exact same thing. It's you know, it's on the road. It's outside. It's whatever. Um, but it seems like we just don't always uh, answer the call here in Chicago as, as like you do when you're in Green Bay. Except for last season. They got the November win over the Bears last season. Yeah. But you, you make a good point, though. I mean, the Bears have been a team that you know is always going to be at the end of your schedule. I think, was it you and I, Jay, that looked this up? I don't remember. It, I looked it up with somebody, and it was the last five or six years that they've ended the year playing the Bears. Yeah, I know. And it, most of the time, the game doesn't matter, or it's one way or another, and it's yeah. still... Yeah, it's a tough. I remember we we ended uh, my last season coaching. Our last game of the year was against the Bears, and I remember they had uh, like an offensive lineman playing guard. Or no, I'm sorry, they had an offensive guard playing defensive line. I mean, it got crazy. Last year's game, I'll tell you what, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky wise, it was one of Justin Jefferson's best games. Um, I don't, I don't think his numbers were crazy. It wasn't like it wasn't like he had against Tennessee or or um, uh, you know anything like that, but. He made some really, really tough plays and, and, and ground out some some pretty tough receptions for, you know, for first downs and, and things like that. But Jefferson and Thielen, Thielen especially, always seems to have a big day when, you know, when he's in Chicago. But Jefferson last year um, got some 
really, really tough first downs, grinding things out, dragging DBs. And, and that's just kind of, you know, it's, it's the Bears. That's kind of the mentality that you have. I mean, back in the day, remember Jack Del Rio, wouldn't, you know, bear week, you don't shave. Everybody goes in there and you know, it's kind of a, you know, it, it's a, it's an old school, tough town, tough type of game. And that's the mentality that you have to have. And Jefferson, I think brought that last year and hopefully he'll do it again this Monday night. I think the thing was uh, you saw Delvin kind of do that against Pittsburgh this, this past week where he was the guy that was just kind of like, all right, this is what it's going to be. Let's go. I, I, one of the things that's always been a pain in the butt, it feels like uh, playing Chicago has been, especially in recent times, has been that defensive line has always just killed us at the point of attack. Um, with no Khalil Mack basically for the rest of the year, and now Akeem Hicks may be coming back. And I saw like even this morning there's more information coming out about you know COVID list people and defensive tackles and everything else. Like That's going to be a variable to watch, but – what do you feel like this defensive line for the Bears? You know, what kind of resistance are they going to put up against us again this year? Um, you know, Akeem Hicks is is always a big question mark. I mean, when that guy is on Jay, uh, he's he's an, he's unbelievable. You know, and you kind of add him in the mix. Uh, Bilal Nichols is playing really really well, uh, and they like to put him on the same side as Robert Quinn. And Robert Quinn is really. I think stepped up and answered the call. He's one of the one of the NFL leaders in sacks this year. Um, so you lose Khalil Mack, but you know Robert Quinn steps up. You put him on the same side of the line as Bilal Nichols, and those two guys run stunts together, do different things together. We saw him get you know get to Aaron Rodgers a number of times, and getting to Aaron Rodgers we know is not easy. Um, but that front that that front is really good, um, and you know they're gonna have they're gonna have a few. You know, a few other guys, uh, uh, you know, Travis Gibson's going to be mixed in there. Um, you know, they're going to, they have, they're always real physical. Marcus Hunt, you know, six foot eight, 295 pounds. I mean, he's not tiny. These guys, you know, these guys are huge. They're, they're big, they're physical, but can they maintain that intensity? And then right behind him is standing Roquan Smith, who is leading this team in tackles by, I don't even know how many dozens of tackles he's leading this team by, but this kid, um, it continues to improve every year. So their front seven is always, always good. And then in the back end, you know, they depend on the pass rush. And if they're getting the pass rush, then, you know, the way they play coverage works well. Um, if you can keep the quarterback upright and make those guys cover for just a fraction of a second longer, uh, you know, then, you know, you can, you can make some big plays and move the football on them. So, um, yeah, they're 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 all you know. It's a good, really good, solid group, and it's Monday night, right? And Monday night football, everybody's watching it. The mm-hmm. people, the teachers you had, everybody, you know. So you always you always get a great effort out of both teams on a Monday night type game. I just anticipate Chicago bringing Hicks back just because you had both defensive end Mario Edwards and nose tackle Eddie Goldman test positive for COVID. So if those guys are potentially going to be out next Monday, depending on the whole testing regiment and all that kind of stuff, I just feel like they're going to definitely need Akeem Hicks to, to come back to help shore up because I'm sure looking at a 200-yard rushing game by Delvin last week is going to be on the mind of that defensive line. No question about it, and and that's the thing with the with, with this COVID thing is is every day is different. You just never know. I mean, Coach Zimmer mentioned that yesterday or a few days ago. He's, you know, saying my phone rings or you get a text every day and something's different. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we have our offensive line intact um, the way the way it's been, uh, and and yeah, I mean, what a what a performance by Dalvin against Pittsburgh to come back shoulder brace on. 
questionable going in. No one knew if he was going to play. And, you know, to, to, to put up two, to be one yard, he actually tied um, his all, what his all-time record or his record in a single game and then had a TFL for put him down to 205. So, yeah, he brought it. And what a leader uh, for this team as far as attitude and, and, you know, how do you play this football game? So Dalvin's going to need that same attitude this week and he's going to be out in the grass so that's good i think dalvin on the grass outside it's going to be it's going to be better for his body and um you know if like you said if they're missing a few of those linemen their depth isn't what it normally is and then our goal would be to keep them on the field and wear them out yeah and and good to point out as well though that alexander madison is one of the guys that we're talking about who will not be in the game so is this the time that we see a little bit more kane wangwu <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Right. I mean, I, and and that's the thing is is for Kane, um, you know, you saw him in the preseason and he looked so good, and then he, you know, the injury came in and you know we weren't able to see him, and now he's seen a couple of things that you know his, his kickoff return and his ability. Um, I mean, the guy, he's dynamic. He's got he has some speed. It, it, it's it's like this this sneaky little wide receiver, Jakeem Grant, that the Bears traded for from Miami. Um, I mean, this guy's quick. He, he looks like he should be playing on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, he's just that small stature, um, kind of a dynamo type player. And, you know, he returned a 97-yard punt for a touchdown, the first one in the NFL this year. Uh, he took a simple jet sweep for a big touchdown against Green Bay. Um, and, and, you know, Wang Wu has that same type of, dy- you know, dynamic ability to him. He's bigger. Um but you got to get him more involved in the offense. It just looks like the last couple of weeks uh, he hasn't had a lot of plays to be carrying into the game. So when you are the backup, when you are the number two guy, you've got to be able to carry the entire offense protections. So hopefully, uh, you know, for Wang Wu, he mentally he's ready and he's able to step in there at any time. But I'm excited to see that that guy carry the football and get a little more a little more time at running back. You mentioned a guy I wanted to talk about in the Chicago special teams department and Grant, but, uh, you know, watching that Monday night football game got me a little bit more nervous. I know Bears lost the Packers, <laughs> but but seeing their fight, which I feel this team in the Vikings has, seeing Justin Fields in action, um, I thought he, he's, he impressed me that the Bears had jumped out to such a big lead like that. And so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what is that, the feeling back in Chicago on the way that Justin Fields is performing right now. I think, you know, I think in Chicago, everyone, they, they like fields. They like what they see. And, you know, you look early on in the game, um, he com- fields completed a pass to Darnell Mooney. It was, it was a simple 12 or 13 yard pass, but um, when he threw it, he, he got hit and um, Kingsley Kiki hit him. And it, after that, he just kind of, it just, he just wasn't the same. And then he started hurrying some throws. And I mean, he played, he missed a couple of weeks. He had two broken ribs. And for people who have never broken a rib, um, I've never broken or broken a rib, but I tore cartilage out in my ribs. And it's, so it's similar. And it is, you can't cough, you can't sneeze, you can't laugh. I mean, it, it's unbelievably painful. And so he's coming back from something like that, took a big hit by Kiki and um, I think he was he was just off a little bit uh, for the rest of the game. And and the problem here is protecting him and keeping him upright. I mean they've they 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 have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. 
their left tackle situation is going to be going to be pretty interesting. You know, Jason Peters, who's been there um, for most of the for most of the year, um, you know, twisted an ankle, and so you got backups and other guys coming in and stepping in, and, and you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on them. So they're going to keep them on the move, do all the things that you do to try to you know, keep a quarterback uh, upright. But if the defensive line, the linebackers, you know, we've seen our safeties blitz and the different things that we can do to create pressure. You're going to, you're going to have to be physical and, and being physical with a quarterback in today's game is a little different. You know, it used to be, you could see a quarterback get up limping because you'd hit him and take him to the ground. Well, nowadays you just gotta, you know, keep putting the hits on him, um, keep the, keep at his feet. And then, you know, the accuracy starts to go. And I think that's something um, you know, here with, uh, with fields, uh, it's, it, it's the same kind of thing. It's, you might start out looking great and then the accuracy starts to go away as the hits start to add up and go on. So, um, you know, they're excited. I know everyone here is excited about them. I know they're, they're, they're you know, most of the fans here want to, you know, want to get rid of the head coach Nagy. It's just, but that's, it's like, you can only do, you can only do so much, right? You can only do so much when you have, uh, guys playing out of position and backups on the offensive line. You know, you still have Montgomery at running back. He's a good player. So you, they have they have talent. The biggest thing watching that game uh, between the Packers and Bears the other night for me was just realizing, you know, when the Bears did jump out ahead and they, they kind of had the fight to them, the Packers just out sprinted them. You know, by the back end of the game, it was just, all right, we're going to keep scoring. Let's see if you can keep up with us. What do you feel like is the biggest key to victory for the Vikings coming up here on Monday night? they don't need uh, 50 yard passes, so to speak through the air to be explosive. And that's kind of the crazy thing. I mean, Allen Robinson, um, you know, he's been, he's had a groin, I believe, or a hamstring. I mean, he was out for a couple of weeks. He came back. So is he, you know, who, he, you know, is he back to, you know, to be in himself? Darnell Mooney is, you know, obviously a, a, a good running back, but they take a guy like Demir Bird, put him at running back he catches a little you know little little inside David Palmer special you know a little slant route um out of the backfield as a running back and takes that thing to the house um you know we talked about Jakeem Grant they have some very explosive players and receivers especially on offense Montgomery is is a good running back he's solid um so that's kind of what you have to do Jay you, you, you can let him move the chains but you have to, you can't let them get explosive. You have to tackle well. Um, you can't, and obviously special teams will be a big point of emphasis this week after after what, uh, you know, Grant did in, in the punt return game. You can't let this team, you can't give them anything, so to speak, uh, offensively. You can't, you, you have to make them do 8, 10, 12 play drives. Um, and, you know, whatever tricks they throw at you, whatever wrinkles they throw at you, and, oh, by the way, Fields is athletic too, so if you just let him run around and scramble, he'll do that. But you can't let him get you can't let him get those big big runs after catches. Um, and if you do that, then you'll limit the amount of points they can score. I mean, they were 32nd in the league, I believe, or 30th in the league in points scored going into Green Bay, and they threw up. You know, they they threw up a lot of points. They had they had a great night. So it can happen, and that's what happens like with Green Bay. You, you fall asleep, you get a lead, you're. Eh, you know, we'll be all right. And then next thing you know, you're down by a couple touchdowns. 
I'm getting PTSD from you talking about falling asleep and having leads disappear <laughs> right now, Pete. But, but I, you know, I wanted to ask you, though, you it know, hap- this it happens all over, man. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not just us. not just it, here, it happens, right? It happens all over. Exactly right. Go ahead. I mean, it's the NFL. It's, you know, everyone gets paid on both sides. Correct. They have professionals on their side of the ball as well as ours. That's why no roster, no cupboard is completely is bare. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, the parody is so much more evident this season, I feel like, as well. You know, there's so many teams still up for those playoff races. And and I know I wanted to ask you about, you know, if this team is a playoff team. But but first, I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on... This is Justin Fields' first time playing a Mike Zimmer defense, and historically rookies have kind of been rattled by that. Is that a card we have in our pocket heading into this matchup? I think so. I mean, we're especially in the back end of our defense. I mean, I think that Xavier Woods and Harrison Smith um, have done an amazing job with disguising, and, and disguising is it's not just one guy. You can't have one guy out there that can make everything look different. Um, usually quarterbacks can sniff that out, but when you have both safeties able to show something and then actually give the quarterback something differently, it takes a lot of coordination and it takes a lot of execution to do that before the snap. And those two guys have been doing it all year. I mean, um, you know, Harrison Smith, his sack of Roethlisberger, you, you think about it, how hard it is just as a, as a defensive coordinator to draw up something and to create a blitz that's going to have a free runner. You don't see a lot of free runners to the quarterback. You just don't. Um, but to create something, develop it, install it, teach it, teach all the adjustments, and then have the players go out and execute it and then execute it perfectly. And, oh, by the way, all, all 11 guys on the field have to do it for one guy to make the sack. I mean, that just tells you, we have not just veteran coaches, but we also have some, you know, a lot of veteran players that can get out there and, and execute these things and understand, hey, we're going to show them this because this is what we normally play here, and then we're going to give them something else. And if you can do that to a young quarterback, um, it's a little bit easier to do, I think. And I think that's why Zimmer's had some luck because he he knows what those quarterbacks it's it's the it's the next move so to speak, right? He's going to mm-hmm. think we're playing this. And we're going to give him that and, you know, and vice versa. Um, and so hopefully we can keep him, keep him off his game, keep his timing off and, um, you, you know, confuse him a little bit. And, and that's, that's what we should be able to do with the people we have. Most definitely. Well, thank you so much to Vikings analyst Pete Bursage for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast this week. We always love your insight. And, and if you want to hear more from Pete, be sure to tune into the call. Turn down your TVs, turn up your radios to KFAN for Paul Allen and Pete Bursich on the call for the Vikings-Bears Monday night football game this week. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Pete. See you, bud. Well, Jay, I always love hearing from Pete Bursich, his history in coaching and playing and being from Illinois, and then all his knowledge about the Bears is so helpful. But I really, honestly, I really do enjoy his insight from his coaching perspective more than anything. He has seen it on all levels. That's the thing is, is as a player and even just as a guy growing up in Chicago, he's got a huge knowledge of the Bears and their history and kind of what this rivalry has meant on on all levels on both sides. And so for him to really be able to break some of that stuff down, it's always great to get him. And it was a no brainer when you're we looking for somebody to talk Chicago, grab Pete. He, he definitely has the pulse on what's going on. 
for sure. We haven't had him on the podcast this season. So that was a good welcome, welcome back kind of moment. Um, you know, he got us primed and ready for this Bears game, but I wanted to take a second and kind of get ready for the game ourselves the way we always do it. Uh, one thing that we're excited about in this matchup and one thing that makes you nervous. And since it's just you and me, Jay, why don't you go first? Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'm excited about is something that was touched on before as well is kind of the, the Justin Fields going against a Mike Zimmer defense for the first time. I kind of feel like, um, you know, given what we saw, at least in that first half against Pittsburgh, it feels like as if you can get to Big Ben and confuse him as much as you did, hopefully you can dial it up for an entire game plan with Justin Fields. Yeah, he's going to probably take some swings and, and, and catch some good shots. But at the same point, I just feel like if you can confuse him and overwhelm him, I think that'll be a huge bonus for us. For sure. I mean, I think that you saw firsthand just how much this defense needs those veteran players and they are making the calls. Uh, against the Steelers and it's time for them to step up make sure no one gets tight there in the final minutes of the game so we don't end up in that position and and don't have to make those really tough plays there down the stretch I think this is part of the reason you brought those guys in at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. year so like this is the stretch now that you finally got people back they're in place you feel like this is why you brought these veterans in period and why you've retained a bunch of the veterans on, on the defensive side so now for these last, you know, four games coming up here, this is when they got to step up and go. For sure. Well, the person I'm most excited to see in this Bears-Vikings game is Justin Jefferson. I know that feels like a no-brainer, but he's going through a historic five-game stretch with 656 yards in the last, uh, in the last five games. Um, you know, for me, he's going to be such a target if Adam Thielen is not back. But this passing defense or the, in Chicago is is lowest of the low and I I think that's a a matchup that plays into the Vikings hands not only because of that but because I think he can continue this prolific stretch he's really feeling his stride and there's nothing like confidence and knowing that you have to play your highest level right now and there's no room for error for Kirk to be able to focus on him as the primary target as well you just know that you know other guys like KJ and those guys have stepped up Conklin you're going to have some of these guys that are going to need to step up again this week but what has been proven over at least the last couple of weeks for sure is it doesn't matter how he's covered. Mm-hmm. He can find a way to get open. It just means that, you know, Kirk's got to be on his game to be able to hit him when he needs to in stride in tight windows. And and I'm right there with you. I think Justin has the ability to completely, you know, decimate this defense if need be. It just comes down to uh, Kirk being able to have the time to do it and hitting the throws when he needs to. Yeah, and you know, I, I know you're about to touch on this for your nervous part, but the offensive line just played their butts off the other night. They didn't allow a sack for the third time this season. I mean, that it's just impressive what they've been able to piece together as far as their different rotations and the people they've had to sub in and sub out. And so, yeah, that that is a big concern, obviously, heading in, giving Kirk the time. I know Justin talked about it this week on KFAN just about how he felt like there were a lot of balls he still should have caught in that game. And so may- maybe you go back to the film, you learn from it, and this is the week where you start you know, making those one-handed catches because you are finally seeing on tape what you can fix. Nice thing about the NFL is every single week it turns into, and there's another one, and there's another <laughs> one, and you can keep getting better every sure. single week until basically the season's over. So for Justin, I think you know he's proven as well. He's a gamer. And I think he understands at this point, this last month of the season is going to be absolutely crucial. So he's going to have to come out with his, his best foot forward on Monday night. For sure. Well, speaking of Monday night nerves, what are you nervous about in this one? Um, besides the COVID stuff that keeps oh hitting gosh, around the right? league and everything at this point, I think the biggest thing 
that that always it, kind of the joke of the PTSD has always been the Bears defensive line against the Vikings offensive line. Um, you know, they've they've tend to push us around. But the fact that Khalil Mack is out for the year, they're getting Akeem Hicks back at this point, it sounds like most likely Monday night. Um, and for me, it's that point of attack pass rush between him and then Roquan Smith, who already has 130 tackles and three sacks on the season, which is absolutely bananas. And then Robert Quinn has been a sack machine for them. He's got 14 sacks already this season as well. So all of those guys, like Pete had kind of pointed out before, just saying the point of attack and being able to control that off that defensive line, if they cannot get a pass rush on us, that's going to open up Justin Jefferson down the field. So if our offensive line kind of doing the musical chairs and and, and definitely next man up mentality, mm-hmm. if they can hold serve and give Kirk the time, I feel like this Bears defense is not what it has been. And um, they're definitely more vulnerable than they have been. So hopefully running game can, can get going but the offensive line can definitely hold out on these defensive linemen. Yeah, this defense is not producing as many takeaways as it normally has. They're net minus 11 in turnover ratio right now, and turnover you know, margin. Part of that is just Justin Fields being a rookie and making mistakes, but defensively they used to be such big ball hawks because mm-hmm. the quarterbacks were having to rush throws out, and it just hasn't been that way this, this, this year for them. And I think that's got to be the most frustrating part is knowing that Kind of like us losing to Neil. They lost Khalil Mack. He is an absolute beast when he's out there. Game wrecker. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So between him and Akeem Hicks and and all of these different players on the Bears right now that are out due to injury or COVID, um, it just doesn't feel like the same Bears team as it has been. But if anything, that, that Green Bay game proved, it was like they're gamers too. They're going to put up some points, so you got to be on it. And that leads me to what I'm nervous about. I am I feel like I'm pulling a Jay Nelson move right now, <laughs> but I am just nervous about the Bears in general. So much is on the line right now with that playoff race we just talked about earlier in the podcast. There's just There is just so little room for error, and that makes me nervous because the Bears have had the Vikings number in the last five matchups. They've won four. Uh, granted, the last time the Vikings did win that game at Soldier Field, so it's possible Monday night, primetime game, on the road, outdoors, on grass. There's just so many different elements to play that maybe the Vikings haven't really seen yet before. And so I, I'm just nervous in general about the way things go, but I feel like that's my mindset. Like I'm watching games with like my eyes closed and like I'm peeking through my fingers. I think that the fact that the next couple games uh, against the Bears – and the Packers are both at their place in December and January. Those were th- when I How looked lovely. at it. When I looked at it on the schedule <laughs> and I saw those, I'm like, we haven't had to deal with this in a while. But yeah. we'll see what it. You know, the weather's so weird. Even just this week, very um, true. I mean, it's it, gonna be 50 today, Jay. Yeah, so it's gonna be weird just to see what's <laughs> gonna happen. But uh, Chicago's been a house of horrors, and hopefully for us, we can we can uh, be able to kind of keep our focus with what it needs to be hit what we need to on offense defensively shore up what we we did not want to see happen and if there's one thing I can guarantee with this thing at this point with the season, it's probably going to be a nail biter. So, Another close game, yeah. more than likely in the books. Maybe we're even saying that to jinx it later down the line. See, if I say it now, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it turns into a blowout. So there we go. Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? What's wait? What is a what is that? What is a blowout? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've got to. We're going to wrap things up right now, but we um, want to touch on some of the things that you can watch that Vikings Entertainment Network is putting together throughout this week because we do have an extra week 
to get ready. So, Jay, I know um, the Audible is coming out. And so who is the special guest this week? Special guest this week was Sheldon Richardson. It was a phenomenal interview with him. It was great. Um, Talks about just kind of uh, growing up in Missouri, kind of his journey to the NFL, working through some adversity and kind of, you know, learning as a kid, what it meant to really earn it uh, as, mm-hmm. as an NFL player. And so that's kind of what keeps him motivated as, as a player now uh, into his 30s. Um, on top of that, he also uh, talks a little bit about becoming a dad. And, and oh, nice. so there's there's just some really interesting stuff in there. So Sheldon Richardson's a great in, uh, interview. And, and I think um, at the end, when everyone was done, they just kind of looked at it and said that was probably one of the best ones we've had all wow. season long. So, well, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, we haven't really got a chance to get to know him as well. I know I know he's been here before, but having him back here and you know how age you know, the 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 longer the tooth, the more you know the the way that your personality changes. It's probably nice to see that side of him after he's back. And the biggest thing too is just you know he absolutely wanted to be here because of Andre Patterson. You know That's when awesome. he when he left and came back, um, you just you hear even just him talk about kind of working through the system and and giving coaches their due when when need be. I think uh, it was really interesting to hear him talk about that. Gabe Henderson, who is under the weather still, we know, but he will be uh, interviewing Lewis Riddick for the network interview this week. He'll be on the call for Monday Night Football. Plus, we'll have Courtney Cronin as our special guest on Vikings Vantage. When does that air, Jay? That's going to be Friday night, uh, 6.30 p.m. Otherwise, just check out your Vikings app or uh, iHeartMedia app as well. And uh, Courtney Cronin will be on Vikings Vantage. Yeah, I mean, I subscribe. Yeah. To the Vikings podcast network so that I know when they drop. So hopefully you do, too. We'll also have another edition of Opposing Viewpoints featuring the Athletics' Kevin Fishbane, who is the Bears beat writer. And we will have Friday football feast on Friday to get us ready for the Bears game. I tried to do my best PA impression there. Football feast. Feast. I know. He always says it that way. It's it's very, it's very fun. Um, we're actually going back out to Buffalo Wild Wings Roseville. So hope to see you guys out there. That's always a fun one. Uh, when I used to live in North Metro, that was always the one we used to go to. So yeah, go check yeah, out. This is it's funny though, the, this is the second time they're going, and this is my second time going. So like I've gotten Roseville both times. Because Gabe home and base. I switch. So <laughs> hey, I, I welcome the fans. Um I hope honestly, I I don't remember it being one of the larger crowds this season that I've been to. So I'm hoping to see more people there to put that, you know, rumor to bed. So, but the Vikings are back on primetime for the second straight week when they face division rivals, the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field on ESPN's Monday Night Football. For Jay Nelson, I'm Tatum Everett. Stick with Vikings.com and the Vikings app for everything you need to know to get ready for Monday. Until next week, Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes.